So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This season of For F1's Sake is brought to you by Carfection. I mean, let's face it, this is great to have Brendan sponsor you and everything, but this is the best race we've ever had in Formula 1 ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. So can we just fucking get on with it? Yeah, yeah. Carfection on YouTube is the place to go for anyone who loves cars that are fast, expensive, luxurious, or just plain cool. Oh, look, YouTube has a watch later feature. Come on, let's get on with the race. <laughs> and don't forget, Carfection features the best-looking car content anywhere online. It would do if I recorded this week's video, but I got too enthralled by the Formula 1 Grand Prix we just watched. But by the time you listen to this, I'll have filmed some stuff for Carfection. Carfection, promise, promise, Carfection. Can't wait. Visit youtube.com forward slash Carfection now. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the Valtteri Bottas race star of F1 Podcasts. I'm not doing very well. Start slowly, goes backwards, stays there. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, our pit lane is always closed, but our party mode is always on. Party mode! I thought party mode had been banned. Not here. Yeah. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that is just Mr. Cool from the French president. Pierre Gasly got a phone call from the French president and then uh, Macron phoned me. Did he? Yeah, he said my test results are clear. <laughs> okay, good. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that strives to show Ferrari just how much lower it can go. You thought Monza was bad. Leclerc managed to get the race to show a Ferrari red flag. <laughs> Hello, I'm Chikarez, and on the pod this week, we will be chatting about the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, where we all predicted the Ferraris were terrible, Hamilton was dominant, and Pierre Gasly won. What? There is a lot of shit to get in here. We are going to talk about safety cars, the death and rebirth of Williams, Bottas, and how the Tifosi finally have an Italian team to cheer about. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who went out for work. It's Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I, I, I left the house and went to an industry event for the first time, I think, since February. I went up to Millbrook Proving Ground. Uh, the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders were holding a big electric car event, drove a load of electric cars, saw some people. It was all socially distanced, it was all outside, chucked it down with rain, got very soggy. But it was nice to get out. Is it actually called a proving ground? Yes. <laughs> Did any of your electric cars prove anything? Yes. I, I drove a few that I hadn't driven before, and uh, at least a couple of them proved themselves rather good. I rather like the Honda E. Passed a lot of time asking the PR if he, uh, if he could sort me out with some E. Oh, how we laughed. I bet he hasn't heard that one before. No, but he heard it a lot that day. From <laughs> Lovely. <me. laughs> and alongside me, in real life, 
that's right, is a man who is getting a tattoo. It is Terry Saunders. Welcome back to the pub, Chica. It's beautiful. It's so nice to see you in the flesh. I've been Speaking s- of flesh. I've been <laughs> sitting in this pub for the last six months on my own, just doing podcasts. <laughs> so they thought I was mad in here. And I was like, no, 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 there is a woman that comes in. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a tattoo because long-term listeners will know I've gone through nose piercings and blue hair um so it's time for the next midlife crisis i'm getting a formula one based tattoo oh is it okay can we guess yeah you can guess is it a a full chest tattoo of cyril abitable no okay i'm only gonna get it if they get a podium gasly is it gasly Gasly for champion (laughs) just the word gasly it's just the word (laughs) gasly on my forehead (laughs) is it claire williams it's claire it's frank williams's hand (laughs) No, it's a it's a geometric pattern that only aficionados of Formula One will recognise. But I'm hopeful that I think it's in a couple of weeks. So maybe not after the Magello podcast, but the one after that, there will be talk of the pod, the tattoo I've just had. You say geometric where? pattern? Yeah, it's where are you having it? Geometric pattern. The main thing about this tattoo is that I don't want anyone to look at it and go, "Is that a Formula One tattoo?" Uh, so it's, it's pretty the, abstract. It's for Why the aficionados. Are you Formula One tattoo. Then? It's pretty. It's pretty because ab- because it's important to me. Right. Formula One's important to me, and I, I'm thinking the most abstract tattoo I could find was Thierry Bootsen's face, because <laughs> no one I know who he is. Chica, are you getting a tattoo? Um, no, Terry is talking about something that he is passionate about, but. Um, I haven't really done anything recently, so this is, I'm really scraping the barrel here, but on Saturday, my friend came over and we um, did something that we are very passionate about. Oh, wow. Oh, it was the wedding off then. we watched... Two girls, one cup. (laughs) (laughs) That is so old. Like, when was that? I've only just seen it, though. (laughs) (laughs) You're missing out, mate. Uh, that's a tattoo there you could get. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nigella Lawson, the back catalogue is on BBC iPlayer. Wow. And we love Nigella Lawson passionately. So we spent hours on Saturday watching Nigella Lawson. Well, you know how to party. That's literally, yeah, I know. But like, she's so sexy. The only thing is with Nigella Lawson, she's like, she's really beautiful and she's like, she makes everything so hot. But then there's even in her hand. <laughs> And her hands are really Gnarly. like granny, yeah, yeah, like yeah, really, yeah. So, but other than that, she's perfect. That's my next tattoo, Nigella Lawson's hands. <laughs> okay, here comes Listener's Corner, or as we like to call it, the Oral Parabolica, where you leave your thoughts on our Facebook page, and we judge whether or not you've run too wide, which means we delete your comment. Even though Pierre Gasly won the race and our hearts, all you lot want to talk about is Mercedes and in some detail. So let's go through these bit by bit. Matt Ward said, pretty sure Bottas has reached peak Bottas now. And the only way that could have been any worse for him was if he had to come into the pits to have someone wipe his tears away. And Will Bowen said, can we please now stop with all the Mercedes can't follow or overtake statements and replace them with Bottas can't overtake. It feels a bit like kicking a puppy, but he can't compete with anyone, let alone Lewis. Harsh. I mean, this this race did not reflect well on Valtteri Bottas, did it, really? I mean, he has got a point, because Lewis Hamilton did overtake a yeah. lot of people. Well, and he overtook a lot of shit people. Yeah, I think, still, you know. I think if he'd... I, I reckon didn't. he'd have gotten stuck... He'd have probably overtaken Bottas and then got stuck if there were more laps. But... Bottas was rubbish. With that car, all he had to do was not have a terrible start and drop down several places. And what did he do? Do you reckon where he's got those lights on his steering wheel, he's now got a thing that just says, don't fuck up. But he was like, I just didn't look at it. I didn't look at it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it probably is. But it probably flashed up too quickly and with a strobe effect and dazzled him. And yeah. So we're doing this in the pub for the first time in months. And obviously we've picked a pub with a pub quiz going on. <laughs> so, socially distanced pub quiz. Socially distanced pub quiz. Yeah. But one of the teams is called Max Mosley's Wacky Racers. Really? Is it your team? Are you doing the pub quiz as you record? I wish, but when the guy said that, I looked over at the table and they looked at me and I was like, do they know we're the podcast? There's no way. But Did you shout at them? Were, you're really flattering yourself. They, they were definitely looking at me, that's all I'm saying. So if, if some drunk people come up and talk to us later You're going to start staring at people. Did you shout <laughs> at them? Yes, yes it is me. Yes, I'm Max Mosley. Bottas then. I mean... What happened? 
Is there? I mean, is there anything more to say about him? Is you he know, any worse than usual? I mean, maybe a bit. He just didn't seem to... It's clearly possible to overtake in that car because Hamilton overtook quite a few people and despite what Terry says, I think he overtook people who weren't a million miles slower than the people he was uh, catching towards the end. But Bottas just couldn't do anything. And the fact that he you know, he lost so many places at the start and it was just like one after another. It wasn't one mistake. It just it seemed to completely throw him that he had a bad start and he just kept losing places and places and places. It was it's just very sad. embarrassing. I mean, it's yeah. embarrassing in, in as much as... For him to win the championship this year, which is, you know, a laughable thing to say out loud, he has to capitalise on Lewis's mistakes. Lewis Hamilton yeah. makes approximately one mistake every three years. This was it. Not even technically his mistake, really, but maybe. And Bottas is, like, in sixth place. It's not good enough. Well, most of the time he's a good little number two, but this time maybe he wasn't. I, exactly. I get the feeling that as long as he was coming home in second, Mercedes would be happy. But when he starts being so bad that he doesn't come home in second they might get a bit annoyed and bring George Russell in. Well, speaking of mistakes then, Paul Hinton said, was that the first race Mercedes have fucked up not wearing fancy dress? They even messed up getting the drivers to the anti-racism protest. Even Lewis's stupid little scooter couldn't get him there on time. And Kevin Rhodes said, can the pit lane be closed to Mercedes at every race? Mm. What happened here? This is, uh, for all us uh, criticising Bottas, he wasn't the only one at Mercedes who made a mistake because the whole reason that they didn't win the race, by which I mean Lewis didn't win the race, was that everyone in the team somehow missed the fact that the uh, pit lane was closed when they uh, brought out the safety car to get rid of Kevin Magnussen's car. But the pit lane is very rarely closed. And I'm not saying they should have missed that because, I mean, that's their job. It is very rarely closed. And some people were blaming Hamilton. And you could say that a very small part of the blame could be attributed to him because there were two signs on his way in. But as you say, it very rarely happens. He was going around one of the fastest corners on the track you know, he's looking at right, right to go into the pit lane and all the lights were on the left. He'd been called in by the team. Um, I'd say it's 98% of the team's responsibility to tell him, oh, the pit lane's closed, don't come in. And what the hell's going on in the background? Just some shooting, really fun. Then, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> the reason that Mercedes fucked up was because Kevin Magnussen parked his car next to an escape road that was blocked by a picnic table and for some reason the marshals didn't move the picnic table out of the way and pull the car backwards they instead shut the fucking pit lane which (laughs) nobody was expecting i mean it was a great thing they did it it made an amazing race but but without that let's face it if if the fucking italians had just moved their dinner out of the way (laughs) then lewis hamilton would have won that race oh we'll get letters in italian um, well, it made it more exciting. But, it, so. but it, you know, it's got to be the team's fault because every other team, apart from Alfa Romeo, spotted it. Um, so, you know, it's a pretty big fuck-up and it, it, it cost Hamilton the win. I think, short of mechanical failure later on, undoubtedly it cost him the win because up until that point he was just running away from everyone with ease. So, but I think, uh, to be slightly fair, he was so far ahead of everyone else that he had less... The Mercedes had less time to realise the pit lane was closed. Quite why there isn't a kind of official FIA thing coming out going, oh, by the way, we shut the pit lane. Or actually, do I secretly love this? The idea that the FIA could kind of shut the pit lane by stealth and go like, oh, we put the light on, didn't you see? Oh, whoops. Because <laughs> really, no, you think I'm, they should all get an announcement saying the pit lane is shut would be the sensible way of doing it. Yeah, but I quite like a- this sneaky way. <laughs> Yeah, or they could have a sign in a place where people will actually see it. But um, in fairness, you know, if you if you anyone watched the F1 TV feed, Alex Jakes, the commentator on that, he spotted it before Hamilton came into the pits, and he was talking about, oh, the pit lane's closed. Oh wait, Hamilton's yeah, coming into it. He's so not driving he a car at 150 miles an hour, is he? Yeah, but they've got 150 people all over the world watching everything that's going on. How did they miss that? He's one bloke in a commentary box. There's no excuse. All right, well, Stephen Gurr said that whole party mode fiasco is obviously not a thing then. I was secretly quite pleased Mercedes took that on the chin and just continued to dominate, pit entry, faux pas aside. Yeah, I mean, you you could argue that apart from that one fuck-up, they were really good all weekend again. Do you think Mercedes have for a long time gone, OK, well, if you ban party mode, we're just going to make party mode our default? (laughs) (laughs) Just what we fight. Yeah, Yeah, we were trying to be nice to you, but... No, fine. Is, that the, is, we'll is it the equivalent it. of this one goes up to 11? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it seemed to make very little difference to them. Although, uh, who was it complaining? It was Bottas, wasn't it, complaining? Obviously, it was Bottas. I don't even why, why I asked. Complaining that the engine mode was no good for him. But it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you've got the best car. What more do you want? 
Ben Turnbull is now convinced of something we've been hearing for a long time. He said, I think it is now very clear F1 needs Ferrari, Italy needs Ferrari, and we all need Ferrari. Please give them more money and give them more vetoes. With no Ferrari, we have no F1. And Jim Crowley says, best Italian team, the one without a Ferrari engine. Best Red Bull team, the one with two drivers, not good enough for the top team. Best Ferrari driver, the one still driving for McLaren. Brilliant day for F1. (laughs) Jim's Jim's comment is stellar. <laughs> it's been a weird race. Pierre yeah. Gasly, the reject driver in the Italian team without a Ferrari engine. And then, yeah, Carlos Sainz doing it. Just brilliant. Yeah, I've got, I can't even make a funny comment. I'm very impressed yeah. with that comment. But, That's I mean, should we should we touch on Ferrari a bit? I mean, we our expectations were low. I don't want to touch on Ferrari, Phil, because I feel like if you touch them, they jinx you. <laughs> <laughs> they got pox. Um, I mean, our expectations were low, but Jesus I Christ. I mean, COVID was big in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe corporations can now get it. Yeah. It was just, I mean, they were slow and then they were slow and then one of the cars brakes broke and then the other one binned it at high speed into the wall. I mean, I, what is going to happen in the Mugello? What's going to happen? How can they get worse? We say it every week and they've might managed to find a way. Do you think they'll just get lost on the way to the track next <laughs> week? I think they'll you... literally drive directly at each other the moment the lights go out. But you know last week I said Ferrari should pull out of the race because it would be embarrassing if they don't. I think I'm justified in that. I think they would have done better to have pulled out the race on some erroneous grounds. Yeah. Yeah, maybe and they I should have done what happened to Indy in 06 whenever it was. Yeah. Literally just gone around the formation and then just pulled back into the pits and called it a day. I still think it's possible they'll do that next week. <laughs> So one of the big non-race stories of the week concerned Renault, which announced that they are changing the name of the team next year from 2021. It will be Alpine, F1 team named after one of Renault's subsidiary brands, which makes sports cars. Well, one sports car. Adam Thomas suggests the rebrand is for one of three reasons. One, every team appears to be trying to get their name to the top of the phone book. And this is Renner's attempt to join Alpha Tauri, Aston Martin, Alpha Romeo with Alpine. And don't forget, Williams next year are going to be called Aardvark Racing. (laughs) (laughs) Alpine as a car brand are known to be fun to drive, but not that quick. Renault HQ are setting up for their 2021 car not being very quick. And three, it's all a big marketing excuse to change their F1 team's corporate colours so that they can paint the car blue with a splash of yellow next year in the hope that Alonso, in a blue and yellow car, makes it easier to win a championship again. I think it's because next year, when Alonso is slagging off the team, he'll slag off a brand that literally no one apart from 40-something petrol heads would have heard of, and not Renault, which is one of the biggest car companies in the world. I, at the moment, don't really understand it. Unless they're planning a big product push for road cars with Alpine, because at the moment they literally just have one sports car that sells in pretty low numbers. It's a very good sports car, but it's you know most people won't have heard of it. Unless they're trying to do a big old push with that globally, I don't really understand it. If I'm honest, it seems very have you, odd. Have you driven one, Phil? I have not. No, but I know a lot of people who have, and they all, to a man, say that it's brilliant, and to a woman. Oh, they're all men, are they? Okay. Most of them are. Let's be honest. It's right. the motoring industry. But um, no, I you know Two I've heard it's, one car. it's really good. In fact, somebody I know even bought one, which is very rare for a motoring journalist. I know you because you're notoriously tight. So another news: Williams is dead. Long live Williams. The Italian Grand Prix marked the final time the team was family run as team founder Sir Frank and deputy team principal Claire Williams have now stepped down. The team now has a new board which includes former racing driver Mr Pippa Middleton or James Matthews to give him his real name and two executives of Doralton Capital who are definitely not evil masterminds. Now all of Williams' issues are their fault so let the flow of hate begin. That's it then. It's done. I mean, it was kind of sad, and with a race with so many romantic, crazy race moments, for the TV to finish 11, it felt the most apt Williams thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, in some ways, it would have been... It, I, I think that's fairly apt. It, like, if, if Latifi had got a point and it ended up the season that Latifi got the point and Russell didn't, again, after Kubica got one last year, true, <laughs> it would be particularly harsh. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's a shame, but it was inevitable and it's been inevitable for years. And hopefully now the uh, evil overlords can um, pump some cash into Williams and uh, make Williams great again. What will Claire and Frank do now? 
I don't know. It's a good question. Open a cafe. Sitcom. The Good Life. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> now, cheating news. Remember when Racing Point was found guilty of having shunky copied breaks and Lawrence Stroll was outraged. He vowed to fight until his dying days to clear his name. Yeah, well, anyway, the team has withdrawn its appeal because nobody cares anymore. And frankly, not many of us cared at the time. Don't uh, care. That <laughs> didn't take long, did it? Do you remember how angry Lawrence Stroll was a few weeks ago? Where he made no. that video where he was absolutely furious and he was like, we're going to fight this with everything I've got, with all my billions. And like three weeks later, he's like, ah, no, it's fine. Do you think he ran out of money? No, I very much don't think that. But um, I think he decided that actually, yeah, maybe we were entirely guilty of what we've been found guilty of and uh, it doesn't really matter. Let's just get on with it. Okay. Formula One there. Yeah. Being very Formula One. So having suffered from all sorts of issues this season, Ferrari are finally making big changes for this weekend's Tuscan Grand Prix in Mugello. Yes, it's finally got a new paint scheme. The race marks 1000 Grand Prix for the Scuderia and it will be coating the SF1000s on a darker shade of red to match that used by the team in 1950. That should sort everything out. Although, can you imagine if they go for a darker red and they win the race? Then someone at Ferrari would be like, I told you. <laughs> All I've been saying for the last 20 years is go darker red. That's well, in fairness, the last time that I can think of that they used darker red was on the 2007 car and Raikkonen won the championship. Ooh, this could be it then. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's right. But if right. they did, they'd be so annoyed. Yeah, because they'd, they'd, they'd gone to Marlboro red, hadn't they? That was the whole thing. Well, for, for ages, they had that really bright red. And then I'm sure for that year, they had that sort of more almost maroony purple kind of red. And Raikkonen won. And since then, no championships. So maybe that's yeah. it. Maybe this will be the turning point. I'm maybe this that. maybe this was the low, because we've said it every week, but I mean how can it get worse than it was this weekend? And now, the glorious reinvention. Thousand Grand Prix. Bam. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F1 sake or find us on Facebook where we're for F1 sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we are right, then you should buy us a beer. And that is what these people did. They are Philip Morby, who said, Why McLaren podiums and non-Red Bull Ferrari Merck win came in at the same race. Two pounds on each back in March returned 27 quid. So have a drink on me. Keep up the great work. Philip, why were you betting on March to win a race? (laughs) I was going to make that joke. involved in (laughs) four years. Donald Griffin. Thank you, Donald. Sounds like it's going to be like a, a Family Guy character who turns out to be the President of America. <laughs> I mean, you mean like the President of America? I just mean, I haven't seen Family Guy for years, but I'd imagine it's quite shit now. Uh, no, it's still good. David Findlay. Thank you, David. I can't think of anything funny to say about your name, which is pretty disappointing Sen- for us. Sensible name, isn't, isn't it? Isn't that another near-sounding ITV Sunday night drama wasn't there the Inspector Finlay mysteries? That was a thing, wasn't it? The Inspector David Finlay mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> Mindaugus Merzer. That is, is that a hell said? of a name. Min- Mindaugus? Mindaugus? Mindaugus. Apologies for massacring your name. Mindaugus. But it's a brilliant name. Charlie Fraser. Still a good name. No, that's the East End gangster name, if ever I heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Charlie Fraser. Charlie Fraser, he's got a Chelsea smile. Felipe Diaz. Yeah, it's a shame to see him lose his drive for uh, Sauber a few years ago, but thank you very much for uh, for donating. And Anthony Mumford, and he has said, well, there is a movie called Mumford, a magical elephant called Mumphy and a brewery in LA. I vaguely remember a NASCAR driver called Mumford too. So wait a minute, Anthony, you're saying that we shouldn't call you Anthony Mumford and Sons because... There's a movie called Mumford, which no one's ever heard of. <laughs> a magical elephant, down. not even called Mumford, but Mumphy, which is not your name, <laughs> Anthony, or is it Tony? And a brewery in LA, which, great, I'm sure there's a brewery in South End called Terry's a but I don't bring it up every day. Oh, and you there vaguely is a remember a NASCAR driver called Mumford too. Vaguely remember, you couldn't even Google it, you fucking piece of shit, Anthony. <laughs> He's given us loads we of know, money. We need his money. Too. We know that you're giving us money because you fucking love us, <laughs> and I'm going to start to twist the screws. If you, if you want us not to... This is, like, this is like dominatrix stuff now. If you want, pay double, or I'll stop taking the piss out of you, you piece of shit. <laughs> 
love Terry it. does not speak for Chica and I, I don't hey. think. Uh, thank you, Anthony. And I'm going to watch Mumford, the uh, 1999 <laughs> comedy drama about a psychologist in the small town of Mumford who has the same name, who moves in and quickly becomes very popular despite a questionable past, as I'm sure we all know. The safe word is and sons. <laughs> Uh, thanks also for our reviews on Apple Podcasts this week, including from Elliot Barley, who said, Thoroughly un-PC, barely factual, I beg your pardon, but utterly enjoyable. Keep up the good, in brackets, work. Yeah, that's fair enough. Bit, I mean, I mean, and Tommy MC said, Other F1 podcasts are basically Valtteri Bottas grinding out the same boring, miserable, nerdy tribe race after race, season after season. But this podcast is actually entertaining, like a party with Daniel Ricciardo and James Hunt with jokes. Plus, there's a girl, which makes a bloody change. Terry, it is nice to have you here. Hang on, am I I Daniel Ricciardo or James Hunt or the girl? You're the girl. Who are you? I'm Daniel Ricciardo. Does that make me James James Hunt? Hunt. Yes. Is that rhyming slang? (laughs) Big H says, (laughs) listening to FF1S is like going to the pub with your three best mates, but you are too shy to join in, so you sit and listen and giggle to the random F1 chat and solutions while getting solutions. Uh, while getting slowly drunk, I don't know if we've given any solutions yet. I recommend a good dark ale to accompany the podcast and cheese nibbles on the side. <laughs> I mean, I feel like amazing. Should, yeah. I feel like at this point we should be doing some sort of brewery tie-up. Well, apparently in LA there's a brewery called Mumford. <laughs> <laughs> I've just heard of it. It's been highly recommended by you, you bitch, Anthony. Come on. You are going to get it. Stop it. <laughs> That's what he says. But he can't stop it until he says, and sons. He's got to say, and sons, to stop it. Okay, you two can buy us a beer and you can face Terry's wrath by going to Terry. New website this week. It's www.mumfordandsons.com. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Or ff1s.gov voice slash pipe pipe pipe. Now time for the teams. And we're going to start with the best Italian team, Alfatari. The team formerly known as Minardi won an against the odds race at Monza in 2008. Is doing it twice just a bit boring? No. I mean... It is weird, isn't it, that of all the places to win an odd Grand Prix, Monza in that team. It's a story. Yeah, it's a good you story. Know, the, it's a great the, race. The Netflix guys were wetting themselves. At the start of this year, they, we're all making jokes going, oh, there's not even going to be any footage for Netflix this year. And now they've got, like, the best story in the fucking history of Formula One. Pierre Gasly being demoted from Red Bull. Being demoted from Red Bull and then Great winning the there. Italian Grand Prix. Yeah, brilliant. After the year he's had, how can you not be happy for him? I just love him. Yeah. He was so happy and just, oh. And he's had, he's had a hell of a year as well, hasn't he? Lost his best mate. Got Kvyatid repeatedly. Obviously not as bad as Kvyat, but we don't care about him anymore. Yeah, but imagine getting Kvyatid and then having to hang out with the person whose name <laughs> is named after. <laughs> That is unfortunate, but he, you know, he's got over it with his with his race win. I mean, he won't really get win again, will he? But after this, will will he get? I was going to say upmoted. Then that's not how it works, is it? Promoted. Upmoted, yes. Upmoted. Will he get upmoted to Red Bull? Do you think? No, I don't think he should. I don't think Red Bull's the place for him. I Where think. is the place for him then? Well, didn't we talk about this just last week? Didn't I pose a stupid hypothetical question about where should Pierre Gasly go? And we said Renault's a good idea. And well, now they have to be French, Alpine now. Well, now, that, oh, now yeah. that the president of France is ringing him and there's a team called fucking Alpine, yeah. I think, fuck, fuck this Alonso he's chap. Only, he's want to go to Alpine. Put Alonso in the Alpha Tauri and get Gasly in the Alpine uh, next year. I thought you were going to say now that the French president's calling him, he should go into politics. <laughs> All that. All that. Yeah. I mean, was, Russian uh, interference. 
I mean, he's, he's probably going to win the Legion d'honneur now, isn't he? Because he's he is the first Frenchman to win a race since Olivier Parnis at Monaco in '96, which was also a fluke. <laughs> oh, that is that is throwing some shade at the French nation. <laughs> You're not going to get a phone call from the PM. It was a bit, wasn't it? It was another one. I don't think he ever won another race, did he? But we've got to say to, for Gasly. I mean, he got a podium on merit last year. Yeah. And he won a race this year. Like, I mean, let's be fair though. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. He drove well, but that was not that was not a win on merit. That was he absolutely spawned his way into that. He qualified tenth. No, yeah. For for all, I'm really happy for him, and it was he great to won. see. Don't he pretend for a second it. that he got there because he he was the best driver in the best car. They completely I mean, the race, lucked into that. The race was very processional, apart from those two laps when it restarted. And that changed everything. Otherwise, basically nothing happened. But yeah. hey, we're not the podcast of shit on things. What a great race. Best race ever. Mm. What about Kvyat? What did you think about him? He was there. <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh, bless. I asked is, you because I couldn't think of anything to say. Well, he, he, had, he had typical Kvyat luck, really, didn't he? Because he was, he was only a little bit slower than Gasly all weekend. He was slower, but not by a huge amount. But when Gasly he, got all the luck with the timing of his first pit stop and then the safety car on the red flag, mm. Kvyat had all the, the other luck. Uh, and ended up 13th at the restart instead of 2nd or wherever was, uh, Gasly was. Yeah. Um, he did manage to climb up into the points and got ninth, which is probably a reasonable result, actually, but everyone's just like, oh, Pierre, he's the best. Brilliant. But also, right, rightfully, you look at Gasly's win and you immediately turn to Albon and go, how the fuck must he feel? But you've also got to go, how the fuck must Kvyat feel? Because he probably, you know, he deserves that win. Yeah. And he didn't get it. Does he and deserve it, though? Well, I mean, in his head, he deserves it. You know, he thinks he should be. I think, I think he's going to be replaced by Gasly. So there'll be two Gaslys in Toro Rosso. Yeah. No, they'll just they'll just get rid of him and say he's been replaced by Gasly, and then just not mention the fact that they're wanting running only one car for the rest of the season. Mercedes. Uh, so Lewis Hamilton did a very rare screw up, uh, and obviously Bottas capitalised and got twenty five points. What happened to Lewis? Uh, and has Valtteri actually finished the race yet? Ooh. Well, I think Valtteri is, should be doing the races from now on, like London Marathon in a big outfits. So there's a reason. <laughs> Dressed as a so rhino. <laughs> yeah, he's just saying, you know, I finished two days later, but, you know, I've, I've got a lot of money for charity yeah, and it was race, quite a hot yeah. suit. He got the idea from his, like, black race suit that made him slow. So now he's just like, right, I'm going to wear I'm gonna wear a big costume. Wow. You just see him, going, see him going around at the national anthems at the start of the race, sort of trying to get sponsorship but from the other drivers. But we've laughed... We've laughed at Bottas. What yeah. about Hamilton, though? Uh, well, Cause apart than, from that fuck-up... Yeah, I was going to say, other than that, his weekend was all right, wasn't it? I, I'd say, well, other than that fuck-up, I thought he was brilliant. You know, well, he was so much faster than anybody else. He's basically won the championship. At one point, I thought... Because when he went up to the steward's office during the red flag, and then they announced the race was going to start in 10 minutes, and he was two flights up, I thought, there's cocky... And there is fucking cocky to be like, I'm going to win this race and I'm going to start up some stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that was he, a bit weird, wasn't, wasn't it? He, the reason why he wasn't really that fast is because Verstappen didn't get any points. I mean, he didn't finish. So. Uh, t- t- no. The thing is, if, if Hamilton's going to get one non-finish, and he still scored points, let's not forget, but if he's going to get one non-finish... This is a pretty good non-finish to still score some points. Yeah. Well, you know. the, the funny thing, unless I've got my maths wrong here, Hamilton hasn't actually lost his lead at all. Because no, the only danger now is that Bottas has overtaken Verstappen and he's in second, but the actual gap is still 47 points, which it was last yeah. week. It's just yeah. that it's now to Bottas instead of Verstappen. So actually oh. Hamilton's lost nothing at all from this. Good old Hamilton. Yeah. He probably could have won this race on his scooter, let's be honest. So, no, I thought, uh, you know, aside from that screw-up, which you could say was a tiny, tiny, tiny amount, maybe a bit his fault, but not really. Uh, I thought he was brilliant all weekend. Red Bull. Alex Albon had severe floor damage that made Gasly faster and the Verstappen line got leashed. What happened? What did happen to Verstappen? Do we know? What was... Uh, His engine broke, I think. The Honda. Oh, those Hondas are terribly unreliable. Yeah, yeah, They'll never very, win around Monza, will they? Very, very Monza's bad. Monza's a power circuit. Honda. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And um, Albon, so Albon had some terrible floor damage from the first lap. But didn't he hit Gasly? Wasn't that... No, well, Gasly and he came I together. Gasly I think hit, it was... I thought Gasly clipped him. Yeah, well, they, there was a sort of a three-way squeeze, wasn't there? And everybody oh. got... Well, hello. 
there was a squeeze which the stewards decided was was nobody's fault, but it meant that um, Albon got yeah got thrown up into the air by Gasly and damaged his car. Um, then later on that same lap, he basically forced Grosjean off the lap, off the track and got a five second penalty. And from then on, he was just very slow and shambled around at the back. So yeah, and then for start, just they really didn't seem to be on their game this weekend, did they? I don't know whether the the car just didn't suit uh, the track just didn't suit them, but both Red Bulls were just nowhere really. Bit weird. Hmm. But also, when Hamilton is going to go through the field. Like normally, Albon being last, you probably wouldn't notice that much. But the idea that when he had to go through the field, the first person to overtake was Albon, everyone just goes, "What? Yeah. Oh, mate!" It doesn't reflect well on Albon when he's that happens to him and he's tooling around at the back, and then who wins the race? Some bloke I've never heard of. <laughs> Renault. So the team, soon to be known as Alpine, did okay, but also not amazing. Is this just the way the midfield works? This this should have been the race where, I mean, they could have won this after last week if, if things had carried on the same it's weird wasn't it not mm. quite sure why because they were so Mc- fast at Spa and McLaren weren't and yet McLaren seems to be super fast here well, I don't know what's going on no I'm not I'm not technical enough to be able to explain it especially not one day after the race until I've had a chance to read the views of somebody who's more technical than I am um, but yeah I, I was fully expecting them to be pushing for a podium and you, you know you'd think that if Hamilton had got the boot normally that Ricardo would have been there to uh, bring the shoe, the yellow and black shoes out, but um, no, it didn't really happen. Weird. Yeah, not much to say except for Ocon is now not the most French driver in Formula One. Like I always thought he was a bit more French than Gasly, but now Gasly's the Frenchest. What makes him the Frenchest? Been chatting to the French politicians. The French president's been calling him. He's won a race for France. He's more French than Ocon. Mm. Okay, is that the mark of Frenchness? Of Frenchity? Oc- yeah. yeah. If there was a revolution, Gasly would get his head chopped. <laughs> That's how French is. <laughs> Ferrari. Let's face it, this race was going to be bad, but did any of us think it was going to be an exploding polystyrene red flag bad? That was bad, wasn't it? Oh, it was very bad. It was... It was okay, so I was tweeting from the podcast account of the weekend and I had just because this sounds like a confession were you not watching no 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 no. I was watching it but after the Magnussen safety car you know all the rest of it Leclerc was like up in fifth or something he was up fourth or fifth in that kind of weird thing and I just tweeted Leclerc's going to get another one of his lucky podiums isn't he and I press send and then it was just like, oh, what's that on the telly? Oh, there's a car in the wall. Okay, no, it's like that. So, so it was you. That, the, the old that age well. That was that was me. I mean, Vettel driving to polystyrene. You almost think he does that as a political act. Like he's on strike. He's just like, well, I'm the brakes done. the brakes were actually but, fine. Yeah. But did Leclerc have? It was brake failure, wasn't it? For Vettel, yeah. What? What about Leclerc? No, he just crashed. No, he was, he's a shit. Oh, he right. was just trying really hard to make a shit car go faster and just pushed too oh. hard and lost the back end and then spun it into the wall. Vettel, when he went through the barriers, reminded me of like a beginning, beginner skier who is completely out of control yeah, and yeah. can't stop. Just like, I can't stop! Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it was, uh, you know, farcical. McLaren! McLaren on the podium on merit in a touching tribute to Frank and Claire Williams last weekend in the sport. Ron Dennis's old team did really well. It just <laughs> felt like it could have been a beautiful, beautiful way to send off Frank and Claire Williams. Mm. But somehow it was the wrong old shit team that did well. Because <laughs> <laughs> imagine if it was Williams in second. That would have been oh. the most amazing thing. I mean, if anything, Netflix should maybe just... CGI or something. Carlos Sainz was the only person in that top three that deserved to be there, frankly, because Stroll didn't. And Gasly, although, again, very happy for him, it was a fluke that he was there. Whereas Sainz was second from the start, was pulling away from, from Norris and yeah. everybody else behind him. And, and I, you know, theoretically, uh, with Hamilton gone, he should have won the race. So, yeah, I can understand why he's pretty gutted that he didn't and that two other chances have <laughs> stolen his podium thunder. Because um, they look, but, they look really good. But I mean, let's let, let let's face it. That bit of the last lap where he went, I won this win. That was good. I won this win, uh, Tom. I, mean, I don't know who Tom is, but I won this win. It was just a lovely moment of going. Oh, he oh. does mean it, doesn't he? Yeah. I always thought he was a bit half-assed. Oh, yeah. Carlos Sainz. He's not going to get yeah. it, but yeah. And you could see his, <laughs> you could see his, uh, his, his evil cousin in the in the garage going, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
That kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> Racing point. Is Lance a hero, or did he totally luck into this with a weird red flag rule? Yes. Yes. He. he well. What? Well, yes. He is a hero, or yes, he totally lucked into it. He's a hero in his daddy's eyes. Oh, that's not true, <laughs> is it? That's the fucking. He's a fucking embarrassment. Um, he definitely lucked into this. When they have a red flag and they, you're allowed to change the tyres, that is a ridiculous rule, and that should be. Yeah. That should go. Because he. Ha- how many times? Oh, how many times has there been a? Uh, well, since they introduced mandatory pit stops, has there been somebody who's got a podium without having had a pit stop? It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, it's stupid. And even worse, he could have won that race, and he yeah. fucked up the restart. Yes. <laughs> he probably should have done because he was was he he was just behind Hamilton, wasn't he, on the restart? Yeah, he was sitting pretty, and he had fresh tires. And if if it was a safety car or like a rolling start, he'd have probably won that. But because it was a standing start, yeah. he did a very large stroll thing and fucked it up in front of his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe his dad's just lost the will to live now. Maybe that's why they've dropped their appeal. The Vettel talk's gone quite quiet, hasn't it? Well. Yeah, just saying. Well, they, I, I mean, heard a rumour they were going to renounce it at Monza, but didn't happen. I'm sure they'll be pleased with this podium, but again, they didn't get there on merit, and considering how fast we all thought they were going to be at the start of the season, they've not really kept it up, have they? Yeah, I agree. Um, Perez, actually, Perez had a really good qualifying. Uh, he was fourth, but then... Uh, well, just the dice didn't really land for him in terms of the safety car and the pit stops and just happened pushing him into the gravel. It doesn't seem to be going their way. Williams! If things had been better and one less person was ahead of him, Latifi would have got a point. What went right for Williams? Well, one thing that's gone right for Williams is that they've got new management that will hopefully <laughs> sort this shit show out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, let's remember... Frank and Claire. Yep. Done. Anyway, but now let's welcome Mr. Pipple Middleton and all his money. Hey, yes. Hey. <laughs> Roman Grosjean didn't have that bad a race, but he got clobbered by Albon early on and then got screwed over by traffic in the pit lane during the safety car. Still, he managed to overtake Albon later on, so that is something. Magnussen started, damaged his wing, pitted Pooter round in last and then retired with an engine problem, which, when you've got a Ferrari engine, is actually not a bad day's work. Yeah, not much to say. They're just shit. <laughs> but not as shit as Ferrari. Which is such a strange thing. At least one of them managed to finish. But if Ferrari, if they were using Ferrari's up-to-date engine, that means Ferrari have designed a car worse than a Haas. But Haas get all their parts from Ferrari. It's like a Schrodinger's cat, isn't it? Schrodinger's Haas. Schrodinger's Haas. That's a t-shirt. Alfa Romeo. It was a Hamilton-esque drive from Antonio Giovinazzi. By which I mean that he got a stop-go penalty and ended up at the back of the field. Unlike Hamilton, he stayed there. At one point, Kimi Raikkonen looked like he might relive the glory years and make a case for staying in F1 for another decade. As he was near the front of the race at the restart, but then he went backward and finished in 13th. There was a moment when it was quite exciting and you thought, oh my God, Kimi Raikkonen's going to like get a podium. And then... <laughs> no. He was never looking like a podium. Was well, he was well, third or fourth at one point, wasn't he? He was third at one point. You think, oh, this is a weird race. He might get a podium. And then yeah. it's like, oh, he's slipping back down. Yeah, like three laps later, he was in eighth. And then, yeah. But Straight I think it's... For all of us saying that, you know, Lewis Hamilton didn't see the pit lane close because he was right near it, all the rest of it, and the whole team didn't have time to react... The idea that Giovinazzi, you turned around the pits about 20 minutes later. <laughs> Somehow, just no one bl- told him. Just came yeah. blundering in. <laughs> oh, no. Was it my turn? <laughs> Hi, guys. Bless him. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, so I've gone for classic TV slogans of yore. So, in number one is Lewis Hamilton with should have gone to Specsavers. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Second place, Valtteri Bottas, with good things come to those who wait. Mm. Just keep waiting, Bottas. <laughs> it will come eventually. Because I'm worth it is Max Verstappen. <laughs> I liked it so much, I bought the company. That's Lance Stroll in fourth place. <laughs> Got milk, Lando Norris. I'm a secret lemonade drinker. That's Alexander Albon. In this, lemonade is whiskey, um, and he's drinking. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. That's Charles Leclerc. Ooh, Danon. That's Pierre Gasly. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to go today? That's Carlos Sainz. I don't know what that has to do for. Reassuringly expensive, that's Ricardo, because he's on a big contract. 
reach out and touch someone. That's Perez. Perez, don't do that. You've got coronavirus, mate. <laughs> the hands that do dishes that feel soft as your face. It's mild green. Esteban Ocon. <laughs> what? I don't know. He just looks like he's got soft hands. <laughs> have a break. Sebastian Vettel, just have a break, mate. Uh, Vorsprung Dirk Technique is Nico Hulkenberg. The Power of Dreams is Daniel Kvyat. Because um, that's cruel, isn't it? Sorry. And hello, boys. That's Antonio Giovinazzi just rolling into the pits. Hello, boys. Uh, shut, mate. And where's the beef is Kevin Magnussen. <laughs> the constructors. So in number one place is the Mercedes-branded scooter. And I thought, well, hang on. What would the other teams have if they had a thing that wasn't their thing? So Red Bull would have their branded planes. McLarens would have their branded push chairs in third place. Fourth place would have a Racing Point branded blankety blank checkbook and pen. <laughs> Fifth would have Renault branded Alpen, the muesli, not the car. Ferrari really went hard on branded 2020 diaries. That backfired. Um, Alpha Tauri branded yellow shirt. Now, I want to talk about this. So I watched the Ted Kravitz YouTube notebook thing. And Alpha Tauri all had like victory t-shirts they were wearing that were fluorescent yellow victory t-shirts. So one, that begs the question, do all the teams have a box of t-shirts for if they win the race? Because that seems like unnecessary freight in a you know climate change sensitive era. And two, if you're Alpha Tauri a fashion brand, is a fluorescent yellow t-shirt <laughs> the best way to sell your fucking wares? Thank you. Eighth place, Alfa Romeo branded cars. I should go into that business. And in ninth place, a Haas branded dog shit. <laughs> I ran out of steam. I wrote this in the pub. And now it's time for Man of the Match of Driving. Simon Gasly. Oh. it's time for the state of f1 with terry saunders oh williams it's the end of an era and yes they've been an embarrassing part of dog shit for about 10 years but the truth is they were our dog shit Still one of the most successful teams in f1 history williams has seen it all but their demise isn't just the end of a certain way of doing f1 but a certain way of life to succeed in this day and age, you need venture capital, name recognition, branding and influencers. Gone are the days when you could win a world championship with only elbow grease, determination and the backing from the Saudi Arabian regime. <laughs> <laughs> but Frank Williams joined the ranks of Bruce McLaren, Enzo Ferrari and Timmy Toro Rosso with a team <laughs> named after himself. And the rest is quite literally history. The Williams F1 team, as we know and put up with, has died due to their own stubbornness. The writing was on the wall from the BMW days when the German car maker exited from Grove and they couldn't get a stake in the team. And Williams remained fiercely independent constructors and they also fiercely slipped down the grid. <laughs> the Mercedes hybrid revolution gave them a boost, but in hindsight, was that just because the Mercedes power advantage was so ridiculous that you could put that engine in the back of a transit van and still qualify third? <laughs> now it's easy to blame Claire Williams for all this, but she inherited, and I say inherited, but she's been given the title Deputy team principal for the whole time which is a pretty shitty passive aggressive controlling behavior from frank williams and she inherited this team in quotation marks low on funds and high on their history with a brain drain of skill and talent and a budget that is dwarfed by the top teams let's face it she didn't have a chance but don't worry i have a solution having a raw backed capital investment scheme isn't as bad as it sounds williams might actually finally fucking grow up lean on its heritage with some decent livery and branding begin the new f1 era as a solid midfield team and finally gain a bit of humility but if i have some advice for the new owners it's this keep the name we love it and even though i shit on it i dearly want williams to succeed just as mclaren isn't ron dennis's team anymore it's time to move on and reinvent for a new era and this Italian Grand Prix was a perfect example of what can happen. Signs fighting for the win warm my heart, and I very much look forward to the day when a Williams can do the same. But whatever you do, don't hire Paddy Lowe. He's a fucking jinx. <laughs> that was the State of F1, brought to you this season by Carfection. Terry, what is coming up on our videos, please? There are some more videos being filmed this week. Ooh. Yes. Can the you give second. us any, uh, any tantalising uh, sneak peeks? Yes, the one I was writing just before the race started was F1 is really boring. <laughs> <laughs> fix it. So, you know, 
Formula Two. Oh yeah, I fixed Formula Two. I fixed Formula Two and psychology. No. Okay. I fixed psychology. <laughs> Apparently, wow. Freud was wrong. Anything <laughs> <laughs> you can't do. So you can find the state of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and you can stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online and that is youtube.com forward slash carfection now that is it from us it's goodbye to phil tromans goodbye we've not had time to talk about the new formula one championship that of course being the new formula one mobile esports championship where you can become a Formula One world champion on your mobile phone. I think you'll agree it's the same as the real thing. And Terry Saunders. We haven't had a time. We haven't had a time. <laughs> we haven't had time to talk about Jochen Rindt, who died 50 years ago this week. Or was it 40? 50. It was 50. We know this. It's 50. We should know this. <laughs> and we should know this because if you haven't noticed, there is a, another podcast in the feed this week where me and Phil had a chat with David Tremaine about Jochen Rindt. And I'm plugging our own podcast on our podcast. Yeah, this it is was the most good, professional though. thing I've ever done in my is, life. It's not going to get plugged anywhere else. That's so true. We'll be back next week to discuss the. I'll do it, Chica, because it's it's in Italian, and you, you know I'm a multilingual. <laughs> the Pirelli Gran Premio della Toscana Ferrari 1000 2020. 1000. 1, hang on, what? <laughs> no, hang on. 1000 would be. Mille. Sequento. Is it? Sure. Mille. Sequento 2020. Oh, hang on. 20s English. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at and Instagram. F1's sake and Instagram. We're doing Instagram again. Terry, where can you buy people? Where can you buy where people? Where can you buy people? Jesus. <laughs> China. <laughs> no. I got four. Stop it. Ugh. Terry, where can people buy merch? Oh, www.ff1s forward slash dot com shop shop slash Dom. Dominic Cummings. Thanks for listening. See you next week. I'm Chigras. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.